Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. You are now listening to How That's Garbage Media Production. and trap. What is up? It's happy hour episode 63. 63. We are back to our regular scheduled programming. It's just uh, Trav and myself on today. What's going on, Trav? Good to be back. Hey, brother. Um, not a whole lot, you know, uh, same old, same old. Um, I think I have this in my mental notes here. This is the Jeff Saturday episode. Ah, you stole my thunder. I had, um, episode 63 in honor of the greatest coach in NFL history. <laughs> and then I was going to make you guess who that was. Interim. Yeah. Uh, Interim. It is Jeff Saturday. Uh, honorable mention Gene Upshaw. I feel like I don't know who that is, but I kind of know who that is. Yeah, he must have been. He seems like he was a lineman for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or the Rams. I'm just not sure which one. Do you think dead or alive? I think I looked it up and I'm pretty sure I know the answer. You yeah, can quiz me for the heck of it. I, I think, think he's, he's dead. I think he's alive. Oh, I think he's dead. Yeah. He's oh, dead. he is dead. 2008. Uh, I was you just Googled him. I was about to ask you what his ethnicity was. Yeah, I was leaning uh, African American, but I wasn't positive. Turns out he is. I feel like he was also players association guy, like former. President. He was exactly. Yeah, that's why we know him for sure. He was the players association guy. Actually, would you know who the current players association guy is now? I feel like it's a defensive back or something. Yeah, I feel like it's. Why uh, does Troy it feel Vincent. like it's Troy Vincent? Why does it feel like it's Roger Sherman esque? No, sorry, uh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Um, I don't, I don't know. I was thinking it was. Are you telling me we got rid of that like corny looking guy with the glasses that everyone hated? Let's get Players Association. D, that D Smith, like D yes. Murray Smith, or something. <laughs> yes, him. I actually don't even know what that title would be called if I was trying to look it up. NFL PA president. Yeah, officers, executive committee. This says the current president is J.C. Treader, but he's a player, right? So he's like, he's like the head of the. the got your guy, players, uh, Brand, I think. Brandon McManus is in the mix. Yeah, I think that's more of like the active players. I think I'm trying to figure out. Hold on, brother. I got Richard Sherman. There seems to be a lot of vice presidents. Richard Sherman's on this list. Well. Search, just search, just Google Troy Vincent and tell me that that picture, that first picture of him is not the worst picture you've ever seen of any human ever. I mean, he looks like he's like 900 pounds there. Um, but I think, <laughs> I mean, that photo looks like it's in a courtroom. It looks like he's crying and it looks like they took it from the floor angled up. Is that the picture you're talking about? 
Yes. Um, okay. Oh, this says he's the executive vice president of football operations for the NFL. That is not what I'm looking for whatsoever. Exec- that, that doesn't sound right to you? Executive no, I'm looking for some sort of P. I'm looking for some sort of NFL PA guy. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to call that either. I thought it was PA, like president or something. Nolan Harrison, senior. I don't know, man. It seems odd yeah. that that wasn't a quick Google. It does. It makes it seem a little sketchy. See, this says D. Smith was the executive director of the NFL PA, so that's what I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, that says Lloyd Howell. I've never heard of that person. Do you know who Lloyd Howell is? No, but it looks like he was appointed in June, so it's recent. Uh, well, I n- never would have got that in a million years. Um, anyways, I guess. Uh, Damn, and the- D. Smith was there from 2009, man. Oh, and Gene Upshaw yeah, was the guy on. before D. Smith. We were all over that. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. Okay, yeah, so... Um, all right. Um, Gene Upshaw, the greatest... Uh, just real quickly, Gene Upshaw, two things you needed to know here. Uh, two nick- two nicknames, uh, Uptown Gene, and then somehow even better than that, uh, Highway 63. <laughs> Highway 63 is great. I just uh, picture him as a pulling guard, you know? Yeah, you nailed it too. Guard Raiders, by the way. I don't know if we, if we circled back on that. He was Raiders and lineman, like you said. So good call. Um. Nothing report. I was going to say, how was your weekend, brother? But I mean, we've talked a few times since the holidays and all that. I feel like that's we're kind of good there. Anything, anything notable? Nothing, nothing really. I kind of had a wild weekend from the standpoint of uh, just, I guess, like just a remarkable amount of um, sedentary uh, ness. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a word uh, of me being sedentary. Uh, my, I had a, basically was on uh, dad duty. My wife worked two 24 hour shifts on Saturday over, and over Monday. Over the holiday weekend, Saturday and Monday. Yes. Saturday 30th, and Monday. 30th and the first. Yes. So then the 31st basically was, um, a day to sleep. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much, um, I just watched a lot of football. It didn't really move. Uh, it was actually, it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I was still you. on the t- tail end of illness. Uh, that I got into uh, from, from traveling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really got into something nasty there. Oh, sorry to hear that. It seems like everyone was sick. I, I battled like a couple day cold right up. around, yeah, I was right right around New Year's as well. So I got like a delayed. It started with the throat just like you guys got. So I was like, maybe it's the same thing. Um, But it never really put me down. I will say I fell asleep before the ball drop. First time in a while I've done that. I think like 1130 I went to bed. So it did not did not make it to midnight. How about you? I was falling asleep on the couch. I looked at the clock. It was just like, I don't know, 8.50. And then I was like, well, I can't fall asleep this early. Uh, did a few charts uh, for about an hour or two. And watched The Office until about 11.30. I started doing <laughs> that thing where you're like falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Went and, went and brushed the teeth, laid back on the couch. My My phone dinged like it was like the... New or I know what it is. It's like every day at midnight, like it says your social media uh, timer is reset because I have that set where like I can only do like ten minutes of it a day. Uh, so that went off. So I was like, oh, um, 
Or I just got the notification. It's not like an alarm alarm. You know nice. what I mean? This sounds like life pro tip, whatever that is. You got yourself on a timer? Like you well, can- the problem is, is I subconsciously just ignore it all the time, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, it doesn't um, lock you, you out or anything. No, I need to get the one that just locks me out. Um, but I just I don't really use it that much anymore. I pretty much just try to delete everything, so I don't really need it. But nice. Um, yeah, that resets every day basically. So when I got that, I was like, oh, it's midnight. Um, and then I pretty much went to sleep right after that. Yeah. Um, New Year's resolutions. I never came up with anything, but I basically never do. Not a big resolution guy. I don't, yeah, I feel like I thought of a bunch like over the past. Yeah, like, I thought I weeks. had something the other day as well, which I'm obviously working on very hard because I already forgot it. <laughs> I honestly don't know what that is. I need to add like dog training to my I New will Year's say resolution. That, yeah, yeah, we need to get on that as well. I would say that one thing I was going to try and do for the first time ever, and we've discussed this before, is actually go dry in January. Uh, oh, okay. But, I, I kicked this around with some buddies as well. I, okay. Yeah. I think so February or March might make more sense though. Correct. Um, but basically I decided uh, January 1st is probably one of my favorite days of the year personally, just with the college football. So I had a few beverages that day Yeah. and then I was like, all right, starting tomorrow. And then January 2nd, I got home and that was the first like day I really got to see like my wife so i was like she was like do you want to drink some like glass of wine or something i was like well obviously i mean i haven't really seen you we haven't really celebrated the new year so started over two um but i'm really on a streak here now um didn't drink last night uh tonight would make it two (laughs) nights in a row so (laughs) thought i was wondering why you don't have a beer for this this is happy i will see i will see you february 1st (laughs) okay Um, sober sober as a ghost I mean, it's not too late to back out. You're only hitting 50% of your days, and you're about to embark on a sober NFL playoffs. This doesn't make a ton of sense to me. National Championship Monday. <laughs> Just going to take I that in I dry. Can... Yeah, so... <laughs> Glass of water. And... This is basically... Basically, I think if I can make it through Monday without having one, I think I'll be okay. I feel like once you can get that first like week out of the way, that first like dry weekend out of the way, I think that's the hardest part. You're going to watch like, like the last the- time you had a dry weekend, like dry, dry, like not even like one beer on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Probably a long time. I'd have to be yeah. pretty damn sick to like go Correct. absolutely dry. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. I'm curious, like conference championships, NFL, you're just, you're going to take them in dry. That's the goal. I guess, yeah, it's kind of wild to think about, but I feel like this is the less, uh, like the least amount into NFL I've been. So I'm hoping that'll maybe, yeah, help me a too. Bit. But well, not really. This is the same case every year. I'm like kind of paying attention and then it's playoffs. So, which I don't know, we'll get to NFL talk at the end. Uh, we have to kind of try and, um, act somewhat intelligent before we start wagering on all these, all these, uh, Play no, that's games. the best one. <laughs> <laughs> so try and try and get back into the mix a little bit. But personally, I feel like there's really only two teams stand. Well, kind of three if you count the Niners. But we're basically at the point where it's like everyone thinks the Ravens and the um, not the Eagles. Sorry, NFC team, not the Cowboys. Niner, Niners. No, not Ravens the- and Niners. Oh, Niners. Sorry, it is the Niners. Yes. 
Or like the two left standing for the most part, right? Yeah, I just feel like we probably do that every year, don't we? Don't we do this every year? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it. I still like the Bills. One of them will probably, them will probably make it, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was looking at the odds. It looked kind of crazy. All right, so let's get into... Um, do let, do not let me escape this episode without us at least even taking 60 seconds and pulling up those odds on BetMGM. BetMGM. Yeah, uh, what's the deal? It's like... BetMGM. There we go. Million dollar... Right? Yeah, BetMGM's right. Million dollar bets or something? Promo? Million dollar... It's just they're just giving odds and i've never seen i've never seen odds like this in my life i've never seen odds this long it's like plus uh one million or some of them okay so they're about to make a lot of money on people trying these things some of them are like plus three hundred thousand. it's not the craziest thing i've ever heard in my (laughs) life all right let's let's look at them for sure uh before we get into any of that we got to do college and we got to do some segments so some segment work here start with uh game balls Game ball. Ronnie Bass. Uh, haven't done these in a while. You want to kick us off with a game ball? Uh, jeez. I feel like um, I was going to have one come to me uh, right off the bat. All right, here. I'll, go first. Go first? I'll go first. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. Um, kind of applicable to... I'll get into it. Domino's. Domino's gets a game ball this week. Uh, I've had a emergency pizza sitting in my account for... A dangerous amount of time, I'll say. I think it's like three and a half weeks because I think they give you like a month to redeem this thing. I must have ordered Domino's three and a half weeks ago. They've been absolutely dogging me. Probably two, three times a week I get an email. They're actually reminding me to use it, to redeem it uh, to the point where I want to redeem it. Like Typically, I wouldn't order Domino's that frequently, but I'm like, I got to use this thing. Like It seems too good to be true. Uh, so game ball to them for basically reminding me to use it. I did go to use it on New Year's Eve in honor of um, your greatest New Year's Eve ever. And I signed on to the app. There was a specific disclaimer like right on the front of it. It was like tap here to break glass. It would not allow me to break the glass because on October 31st and December 31st, uh, the emergency pizza was not redeemable on those days due to holiday demand. <laughs> so I don't know. Game ball redacted maybe, but basically I got like four more days to use this thing. I might have to go Domino Saturday night. Okay. Um, Do you have yeah, any experience to, in this field? I hate to, yeah, I hate to follow that up. I actually went Domino's uh, Monday, uh, New Year's day. Cause there was no <laughs> chance. I like went to the grocery store to buy anything. So yeah, I went Domino's on, um, Monday, uh, threw my child in the car. She just screamed the whole way there <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> finally fell asleep. And then I got into the curbside spot and parked. And as soon as I sat still, started screaming again, uh, which is great. Um, Tough look when the guy brings the Domino's out and you have a screaming kid in the back. Correct. Yep. And then I tried not to eat it at all, which is really hard. Um, got some of the, they got pepperoni cheesy bread now, which is, I mean, that's hard to ignore. Um, yeah, I'll take a so, look at that. Yeah, got a got a pizza, got some cheesy bread. Uh, left was able to was able to leave some for my wife when she got back the next day. Um, nice. She uh, like got it out or something, and then went to do something. Came back, uh, just an empty bag there. Um, said my dog was lying there on his back, like looking for a belly rub, um, oh, and no. then just burped. Oh AKA no! The man, 
The man took down some serious dominoes. Like multiple slices? Multiple slices, multiple cheesy breads. (laughs) (laughs) I would be lying if I said that was his first time that he did that too. Counter surfing, right? Yeah, major counter surfing. Counter surfing is getting bad in my house as well. I don't know like yeah. why it's getting worse, but it is. And I don't know yeah. how to stop it. Yeah. Um, so I'll actually, um, just because I think if I was a dog, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think I would, I think I'd be a counter surfer. And I also think I would go into the kitchen, even if like one out of a hundred times my, uh, my owner gave me a treat. Yeah. Like to me, that's, that's, that's take perseverance. Lap, take laps around the dedication. island. Look for crumbs. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I'll, I'll give my dog. I'll just give my dog a game ball again. Yeah. Okay. Game ball to Winsty. Um, that just reminded me kind of a crazy concept. Like the dog is just waiting for food all day. I once heard someone describe prison and they said like one of the more underrated, difficult aspects of prison life is the fact that you can't just like eat when you want to eat. It's basically controlled, you know, like going into the pantry and grabbing a snack is like a thing that you miss being able to do while you're in prison, which is kind of crazy. Um, All right. Let me get on to my other game ball, though. I have uh, Jersey Jerry. This pains me to say a little bit. Uh, Jersey Jerry placed a bet. I saw it on Twitter. He placed a bet on New Year's Eve. It was Steelers money line. Uh, Steelers are playing at Seattle. The bet was plus 155 odds um i don't know how much money jersey jerry could be worth but in the tweet i saw he said it was the biggest bet of his life the man had twenty thousand dollars down on the bet i saw that i said holy shit this is a layup i could probably put my net worth on seahawks money line like that just he seems like a guy that would miss the biggest bet of his life 99 out of a hundred times right correct so i i mean i put like a responsible amount of money on it uh i'm not putting twenty thousand dollars but um game ball to jerry steelers won outright i lost some dough that night um i i just can't believe he won that bet and i i apologize that i sent that in one of the group texts as well i hope you didn't go in i uh yeah i got in live um plus odds <laughs> I, like plus 200 odds. And <laughs> okay. they, they immediately, you know, Smith immediately fumbled the ball too, which was awesome. So um, I actually just thought of one more game ball throughout there. Uh, like I've said multiple times, not a barstool person. Don't really follow it at all. There was a point where that Toledo and, or who was it? Wyoming and Toledo were playing each other in that barstool sports game. And I have YouTube TV. Evidently, the CW is on there. I don't even know what CW stands for, actually. I know. I found the uh, game as well because yeah. the Florida, uh, Georgia, or Florida State, Georgia got so bad. It was on at the same time. Oh, that's what it was. That's what yeah. it was, right. So um, I had the under in that game, so I wasn't like really you know, watching, watching, but I was like, I'll just tune in just for a second. And um, there was a point where Wyoming was had the ball on their, like, their own one-yard line. And they, of course, have Big Cat and Portnoy calling the game. And and the Wyoming QB's in the gun. They got, like, a bunch of guys split out wide. And and Dave Portnoy says something along the lines of, I like how they got everyone spread out here. 
and they're going to try and pass the ball. The dumbest play that anyone could do in college football is run a sneak here <laughs> for like for like a yard and just waste it down. I'll never understand why anyone does that. Immediately after he says that, what's what's the QB's name? Andrew Peasley. He immediately starts walking up to the line, takes the snap, and barrels forward for like a half a yard. It was <laughs> insane. Like I I wish that I wish we could actually get that sort of commentary during the game. And at one point I heard him, I heard him call someone an idiot for like a hit out of bounds too. And I, I was like, I saw that on kind of it's kind of inappropriate, but like, it's kind of funny. Cause like, we're all thinking it, we're all thinking it, you know what yes. I mean? I think I remember exactly what you're talking about. I thought it might be a punt, but I know the play because I remember hearing it. I, I laughed at that as well. He's like, Oh my God, this guy, he's, this is the biggest idiot in the world or something. Why would you do that? And it's like, yeah, yeah, he's basically just calling the game like we talk about, like from our couches, which is fair. There's a market for that, I think. I, no, I, was, I, I agree. And that's what I'll give my game ball to, not uh, Portnoy himself, but just the idea of just the regular guy commentating on a game. And I'm not talking uh, Bob Mannery here. I'm talking like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Pat uh, like a regular person. <laughs> Pat yeah, McAfee's yeah. mullet buddy. On the simulcast <laughs> oh, or whatever the hell that. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't oh, turn god. that thing off fast enough. Yeah, uh, I think po- game ball to Portnoy though because I think he hit a million dollar bet on Michigan too, which also is painful to say. I, I Michigan did not deserve yeah, to cover that game. He needed that. <laughs> I'm sure he did need that. Yeah. Um. Oh, last game ball I had, college football related. We kind of just touched on it. Matchell's Bulldogs get a game ball. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I have them winning by 60 points. They actually won by 60 effing points. I think that's perfect. I mean, we can all do the thing where we're like Florida state's missing guys, but dude, you lost by 60. I I don't think Florida state versus, um, Michigan would have been competitive. I don't think it goes to overtime. So I'm I'm no perfectly fine with how everything played out there. No doubt. Uh, yeah, game ball to just college football, like the college football playoff committee, college football in general this this weekend, back to back of just the greatest. Yeah, like, bangers. Oh my, God. that never happens. Just bangers. Oh yeah, it never would have happened if we got Florida State there. So yeah. that was awesome. The one year they kind of overruled everything, it really paid off. So, all right. Um. More football for you. The dumbest thing I saw this week. You saw this as well. I need to do a just a brief recap of the Lions-Cowboys ending. I think that was week 16. <laughs> just the entire... Dumbest thing I saw was just the entire idiot... Like, idiot off ending to that game between the head coaches trying to outduel each other. We had the Cowboys with almost essentially a chance to damn near ice the game by running the clock and they were wheeling passes. They completed one or two. There was one in particular. They fired down the right sideline. I think he even threw it out of bounds. So he purposely threw an incomplete pass, which is wild. Um, could not run the extra 40 seconds off the clock. Kind of felt like Detroit was going to race down the field. They did Detroit races down the field down. What? seven points they get down there they score sure enough there's a perfect amount of time there's 20 seconds left it's like 
you should not be in this situation. You could have ran 40 more seconds off the clock. Kind of similar to the Washington uh, ending the other night, too, in the playoff yeah, game. I can't even tell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So maybe yeah. a code dumbest thing I saw. Yeah. But yeah. then the madness really begins. We get the Lions going for two just because Dan Campbell is kind of an idiot. He goes for two. What was it? The first play he gets it. Then he fails the next two plays. Like, the well, fact- no, I mean, yeah, they get it. And then they obviously, oh, they that's the flag. Yeah. That the grand the finale ref- of the dumbest development of that play is the ref forgetting which guy he talked to and deeming the wrong guy eligible. Announcing it for what it's worth. I saw a clip. He did announce it. So, in theory, somebody pr- probably should have like piped up on the Lions and been like, hey, you definitely he just- did announce that 70 was eligible. Yeah. Or like he somebody an- found it on the Spanish broadcast or something. Unless it's a fake oh. clip on the Spanish oh, broadcast. Be very, very well be cl- you, did he, he say 70 or 68? 70, That's what I mean. And he only says 70. He oh, doesn't say both. He only says okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that was wild. Uh, I mean, I think that's what is, arguably the dumbest thing that happened was that ref. I, it's, no, I, I, I think I think I heard some new information, some new intel here that <laughs> I think will pique your interest a little bit. I heard that part of the play was the Lions were sending multiple people over to the ref to try and make it seem like they didn't want uh, the Cowboys to focus yeah. in on 68. So they sent a bunch of people over there to like kind of confuse the defense and they clearly confused the ref. Yes. The only person they confuse is the ref. And what's the point of sending all those guys over there? If the ref runs over the defense and tells them which number is eligible, like what are the chances the Cowboys are not going to listen and just be like, Oh, so-and-so is eligible. It's the left tackle, not the right tackle. Like what? I think, I think they might. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Okay, I, I so know. but his so the idea was the entire game they were like you said, they were sending 70 over there to tell the ref, "Hey, I'm eligible." Just like randomly because it was a trick play they were holding in their pocket to make 68 eligible for the first time. So that is what they attempted to do. He supposedly warned the ref in advance he was going to do that. That was what Dan Campbell said. I don't know. I can't, yeah, it's hard to take him seriously. I'm just going to throw it out there. I I think the dumbest thing of the whole thing was him going for two after the penalty, because yeah, at that point, eight yard line. So, so the whole point is the whole point of going for it, going for two, like on the last play like that to win a game. It does make sense because supposedly two point conversions hit above fifty percent, like slightly above fifty percent. So if you have a play you like, I think it makes sense to go for two there. Uh, kind of would feel like, you know, the Lions get that. It would feel like they kind of steal it, right? So then they get the flag and they back them up to the whatever. Yeah, seven or eight. What do you think the chances are? What do you think the odds are? I don't know. I don't know the I answer I think it's to this. probably what? in the 20s or 30s at the yeah, most. I was going to say maybe even lower. Yeah, maybe even lower. So let's say it's 20%. So your options are 20%, you go for it from the seven, or, <laughs> or you kick the extra point and go into overtime and your odds are 50%, right? In theory. Yeah. So like, I don't, and I that was really an evenly matched game. That. It wasn't like they needed to steal the game. Like, and they had all the momentum. Yeah. Yeah. At, at that point. No, it makes no sense. That guy is a numbskull. Sorry. He's back on my numbskull list. Um, numbskull list. I can try and re- I can try and recap the The Washington thing as well. Dumbest thing I saw. Might as well do it now. Yeah. So, 
So, I mean, there's basically enough time on the clock where Washington could be punting with 20 seconds left. Right. Yeah, it essentially. Was, it was, I think it was going to be in the teens, like 17 or 18 seconds or something. Yeah. And instead of just snapping the ball back there and having Michael Penix just wait for like a second. And then once somebody came up to him, just take a knee, they decided that they're going to run the ball. The first carry they hand off to the guy, he gets like John Elway helicoptered. I don't know how he hangs on. <laughs> I need to know. I'm like, Oh, well, there we go. There's their hard lesson. They should just kneel it. And second play, they run it <laughs> yeah. again. Third down. They do it again. The guy. Well, hold on. Let me get down hurt. a distance on third down. Let me just it, for full context. Is it that I long? The idea you get a, I understand the idea. If you get a first down, you win the game. But like to me, you're just risking too much. Like if you punt the ball back to them with like 18 seconds left, that's not even including the punt. Like the time the punts in the air, <laughs> yeah. they are not going to score. Yeah. So it was third and five. There was one Oh two on the clock when okay, the play started. And five. Okay. One Oh two. There you go. Let's do some math. So worst case, if, if the play no took, timeout. if the play took two or three seconds, they're down right. to 20 or 19 seconds. When you're punting, correct. While you punt it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so instead they decide to run the guy off tackle. He smashes into the line, gets effed up, evidently hurts his hurts himself bad enough he can't get off the field, which to me is maybe the dump like, dude, if I get hurt in that situation, I don't care what happens. I am getting off the field. Like I'll crawl, whatever. <laughs> have my care have my teammates carry me off. You cannot lay on the field there. Like I was like, his his leg must be battered. And then I read today he's going to play this weekend. Yeah, it wasn't even that he's bad. He's playing. Yeah, he's playing. It's like an ankle or something. The, I think the sneaky best part was when the ref said, while he's writhing on the field, the ref goes, Texas has elected to not employ the 10-second runoff or something. Did you know that was a thing? Like well, he has yeah. to, he has to go to the Texas sideline as someone's laying on the field dying and say, "Yeah, hey, do you want do you want the ten second runoff?" And the Texas yeah. coach has to say, "No, like sucks that guy's dying, but obviously we want those ten seconds." That's yeah, why. No, I don't blame. Yeah, no, I don't blame. <laughs> I don't blame either. But like, if that happened and it was like a Demar Hamlin situation, I mean, the the coach has now. to the coach is gonna <laughs> sit there and say. Give us the 10. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's his job. He's trying to win. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's messed up, man. But like that was that was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Actually, horrible coaching. When, it almost cost him the game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the the, the numbskull uh, long snapper runs down and bumps into the punt returner when he calls a fair catch. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> also, oh, we got to stop doing the thing, like, especially in a situation like that, where we just take a false start for the hell of it. If I'm the punter and my job is to like put one down in the corner, why are you backing me up five yards? They're at the 39. Like, what is the, what is the advantage? You think they, you think they took a false start on purpose? Yeah. Did they not? Didn't they like act like they were going to go for it? And then timeout, and then they went false start. They're probably trying to get Texas to jump, and someone was probably okay. trying to move. Okay. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. That actually makes sense. I didn't really think about that, but um, yeah. And then, you know, Texas drives on the field, makes it like, I think if Texas would have won that game, I think that would have been the craziest. I, that would have yeah. been the most <laughs> unlikely win I can recall in my life because I ruled Texas for dead. Me and you were already talking championship game. It felt like for <laughs> hours at that point, you know? Um, and then uh game ball to the defender, um, knocking that ball out of Adonai Mitchell's hands on fourth down there. That was absolutely picture perfect coverage. Looked yeah. like he had practiced it like a thousand times, just like perfectly timed, just swats that thing out of there. Um, that was awesome. Um, yeah, it was great play. Great play by him. And it was honestly, it was a pretty good, like pretty good play. Pretty good throw. He was just, he was just waiting for receiver. It, so. Yeah. I do think it was a little weird. The receiver never got off the ground and that's the same guy that went like air Jordan on the previous catch. Right. Right. I do. Jumped part of me wonders, part of me wonders there. if he thought it was coming back shoulder, like, a oh, okay. laser back shoulder. And I don't think the yeah. corner was in position for that. I think the corner was sitting there waiting for a jump ball. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Good call. Cause if you I'm watch glad it we didn't again, get that though, I'm glad we didn't get that. Cause the bet, the better team would not have won to me. I mean, I think yeah, one team but, was far better than the other. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was thinking the same thing too. I was like, this is going to feel really fluky if Texas wins. And then I'm pretty sure I know who's going to win in Correct. the championship. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, that was dumb, dumbest thing I saw this week. My travias are also college football related. I have two quick hitters. Number one, there's only one FBS program that has never lost eight or more games in a single season. Which school is it? Never lost more than eight ever. Haven't even is lost this... eight. Okay. Have is never this a blue blood? Blue blood. Is it Ohio State? It is. How'd you get that? I feel like they just never suck. I remember one time they Correct. went six and six. Yeah. They just never have a down year, basically. Yeah. I saw before we started this, they signed the Kansas State quarterback, too. I don't know if yeah, that sucks had, or not. I think it I had that sucks. on my I had that on my CFB talk. I think it sucks, man. You know, he's a Pennsylvania guy. That sucks for sure. I didn't know I that. hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, my other college football travia. The Iowa punter, Tory Taylor, set the NCAA record for punt yards in a single season. He beat the old yeah. record by over 300 yards, and he did it with six less attempts, so he's bombing footballs. He punted for 4,479 yards, so that's like the length of the field 45 times. How many punts do you think it took him to do that? 45 football fields worth. I mean, 45 football fields. He's doing it. Uh, he's doing that like so half. If, it, yeah, if, he's, if he's cutting the field in half, he's punting it 50 yards at a time. So 45 times two. That'd be 90 right. punts. 90 punts. So if it's less I'm, than I'm that. I'm really struggling with the math. It's got to be less than that, obviously. If it's less so than that. Like, 77 or something? <laughs> no. He'd be if it was 77, he'd be averaging like 65 yard punts. <laughs> okay, okay. Is it a little less than 90? It's a little more than 90 because he's not okay, quite okay. averaging 50. He's it's okay. Okay. It's only I it, thought he might be. It's 93. So what is he averaging? 4479 divided by 93. He's averaging like a little over 48 a punt. <laughs> and he did it. 
93 times. I'm pretty wild. I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought this up. Did you happen to stumble across an article about um the guy who's the guy whose record Tory Taylor broke? Negative. I have no idea who it was. Okay. So this is honestly fantastic. And I had this jotted down and I can't find where I uh, had it jotted down at, but I'm pulling it up right now. So he broke Michigan State football player Johnny Pengel's record, um, which was set in 1938. Would not have guessed that. Okay. Yeah. So he passed him. And the Pingle family released a statement congratulating him, but they kind of don't congratulate him in this statement. And it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Weirdest part so, off the bat is the Pingle family feels a need to say yes, anything. Correct. So it says Johnny's record stood for 84 years when the game was played significantly differently, blah, 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 punting more often, more tactical situations. And this is a monumental achievement, blah, 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 blah. However, we would like to add that Tory Taylor accomplished this in 14 games, while Johnny Pringle accomplished this in nine games in 1938. Uh, notwithstanding this tremendous accomplishment by Tory Taylor, Johnny Pringle continues to hold the most punting yards per game record. That's what they put in the statement. They look dumb with that statement. That's a weird no. way to no, look I- at it. No, I agree, because he probably punted like a shit ton more times, right? It was only six more times, it says, but that is what I said. I found six more times. Okay. But you're saying he did it in what? Two less games? Like, I feel like they're confused. He did it. He did it in five less games. Oh, five less games. How many freaking times were they punting a game? I think that's see that's what I don't understand. So that's I eight mean, games and ninety some punts. He was punting twelve times a game or something. Yeah, I guess. But um, <laughs> what a wild statement that they felt like they had to post that. I, that I'm with you there. Yeah, like to your point, it's the most like disingenuous congratulations of all time. And they found a weird stat that isn't a good stat. To like say, oh, we're holding this one. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, did you know that also? Did you know that this makes a lot of sense that Tory Taylor's one of the Australian punters? Uh, why do we get so many Australian punters? Well, isn't that wild? I, I have no idea why that is. Yeah, that is odd. There's just soccer players, and they're not. They're not like all punting off to the side either. It seems like they punt pretty standardly now. It's not like we're doing the, like the rugby Ooh, thing. Yeah, I kind of hate that. I like it when it works, but when it doesn't work, I'm immediately like, that guy's an asshole. When he's sprinting <laughs> and he's trying to punt and it goes off the side of his foot, <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yeah, we've never had a punter like that on Penn State, but that would be hard to watch. Nobody's ever done that in the NFL, right? Not that I know. Not that it's I know. It's just like of. a weird college trend. Like start sprinting to your right and punt the ball. Um Oh, I have to give you one more. I have to give you one quick uh travia too. It's kind of geopolitical. Um a little bit. So this is uh Sun Bowl talk. And the Sun Bowl, do you know where the Sun Bowl takes place at? It's gotta be Arizona, right? 
Uh, it's El Paso, Texas. Uh, pretty close. Yeah. Um, but um, could you give me a could you give me an elevation of El Paso, Texas? That's a weird part of the country. It could be low. It is but the weirdest. It's like the weirdest. You get into part Mexico, you can get up a mountain pretty quick. I'm gonna say El Paso is flat and it's low. Say like hundred above sea level. Yeah, so it's almost four thousand feet. Uh, so it's it's thirty seven hundred and forty feet. It's kind of like in the bottom of, I guess, like essentially what's like. I don't. I wouldn't call it the Rockies. I don't know what they call those mountains <laughs> there. Uh, um, they kind of like are close to the Rockies, um, but. Essentially, you get a lot of these mountains that like go down into Mexico, um, New Mexico itself. Like a lot of the cities there are like surprisingly pretty high, like Albuquerque and oh, such. Oh yeah, we're in um, western. We're at the western tip of Texas. I didn't realize that. Right, and it's weird. I mean, yeah, El Paso is the weirdest location. It's probably technically it is west of Denver, <laughs> which I don't even understand that's how that's possible. Seems, yeah, that seems impossible. That breaks my brain, but yeah, it is west of Denver, and yeah, um, four thousand, just about four thousand feet. I think it was like thirty-eight hundred feet. It's um three times, so it's about three times higher in elevation than Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's just so much more inland than I would have thought. Like you start thinking about Texas, some reason I always start in Houston. I'm like, it's not that far right. from the water. Right. You start getting into West Texas. Yeah. You're just like climbing oh, up yeah. the mountain range. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that El Paso is, El Paso is actually a pretty much a straight shot for me, brother. It looks like I could just buzz down there. Just a little, I mean, it's pretty much Southwest. Let's see what just it's slightly wet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe buzz down there. 22nd most populous city in the U.S. It's pretty big, too. Also pretty wild. Yeah. Most populous city in West Texas, but six most populous city in texas so as far as texas cities go it's kind of small all right um a good impromptu travia there that's the end of the segments i think yeah uh let's get into the bowl pool recap should i read results here yeah hand them out read them and wait yeah and we can kind of uh, we can kind of discuss how this went down, but our winner, um, unanimous decision. He wins with a two-game lead. Uh, cousin Chris at 23-19-0. I come in second at 21-19-2. I'm just now realizing that Rod Squad snuck into third. I thought he got fourth. Uh, Rod Squad is 19 no, sorry. Rod Squad is 20, 22, and 0. And we have a tie for last. No. Okay, fourth place is you, Travis McTravy, 19, 21, and 2. And then Zig with a collapse down the finish line, 19, 22, and 1. I can't believe Rod Squad got third in all that mix. I need to actually know what kind of finish we're talking there. Uh, group record? No, him himself. Did he finish like 20 and four? Uh, he's got a streak of, so it got bad. Oh, uh, starting with the Clemson game. He lost like that. Was like 16. He lost five in a row. He won. Then he lost again. So he lost six of seven. And then he lost. 
Uh, oh, and then he won three of two. So whatever that is, one in three, two of one three. in six in three and two. So he went four and eight down the stretch. We had worse streaks in here, like Rod with that. Rod with the one and seven, and then the one and ten is insane. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was asking about. Sorry, wrong zig. I was asking about. I wanted to hear about Rod Squad. Oh, okay. Finish. We um, have Rod Squad in the basement at four seventeen and zero. Oh. I don't. I don't know if it, he stood that low when we recorded last. And he's battling back oh, twenty. You can do the math there. Twenty twenty two and zero. Oh. <laughs> so he's thirteen. That's, yeah, that's insane. I don't. So I've he went like sixteen that. and five after going four and seventeen. He did heat up; it yeah. just took too long. That's insane. Yeah the group the group was cold during that stretch. The, and what was the overall group record? The we, fact that we got back to five hundred is insane. We almost got there. It was you lost the last two games. You lost the Bama plus two. So because of how that Bama game finished, I lost it. Yes, and then Texas minus four lost. Okay, and well, wasn't someone on Michigan? I was. I feel everyone like else I got was wrong. Everyone else was winning. Winning. Um, also, you you had two two guys on the over. It went into overtime. That was trash. I was right. <laughs> I had the I had the under, didn't I? Oh no 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 no. Uh, you had Bama I was just plus two. For the under. That's right. Yeah, I was just rooting for the under. And then I, for what it's worth, I flipped my, I flipped the Texas pick to make it fun, and. I think the way it was shaking out is if I would have got the Bama game right and it went under, which looked like it was going to happen. And I, I was setting up to where if Texas would have covered, I would have won the whole thing. Oh, you're saying you flipped to Texas to try and steal if it came down to it. Correct. Which and it was ended up being a necessary play. move. Correct. Um, so I'm saying I flipped that pick um, in general. Um, can I get... Can I get that one in hindsight? Uh, maybe a little boost. You would have been five hundred with the with the Washington pick there. That's what you would I'm have saying. Been 20, it 20 and what, two. What would have got our total record to as well? That would have that would have done it. Our total record was one hundred two, one hundred three, and five. Correct. And you give me that. You you flip that, and we were we were winners. So yes, then we were uh, winners. what it's worth for what it's worth. Uh, we're a we're a winning. Uh, you know. At its core, we're, a, we're we were a winning podcast. I mean, if you're fading these picks, you lost money. Technically, we hit forty nine point eight percent of our bets. You wouldn't have hit enough to make a profit. You would have lost. You would have lost the vig. Hopefully, you faded us the first half. Yeah, if you faded us the first half, you did well. At one point, we were twenty eight, uh, sixty four and three, which was hitting at thirty point four percent, and we had to fight back to that one hundred two. 103 and five record. Yeah. They thought they had us in the first half. I would say they did have us in the first half for sure. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. The, it came down to the final day, which was great. Uh, five and zero finished, I think for cousin Chris, right? Exactly. Five and zero finish on that final day for cousin Chris was the dagger there. Uh, it, it actually came down to the last two games too. had your bet one and Chris's bet lost. And then, in both of the playoff games, if it would have went that way, uh, we would have been coming down to a tiebreaker, but that was a big ask essentially. Um, 
he just kind of started hot. We got we gave him too much of a lead. We all kind of yeah. caught up, and then he was just kind of due to pull back ahead there. So, uh, but I, in a weird way, MVP goes to Rod Squad to battle back and to end up in the middle of the pack is pretty awesome. The fact that Rod Squad got me on a tiebreaker too is insane. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got you. The fact that I thought I was going to win and I got fourth is actually insane. <laughs> That Bama, the Bama Michigan game is winding down. I'm like, this is my year, baby. It's going to happen. Yeah, we need a sports book that doesn't punish you for the team catching points going to overtime because that just never feels right. No, I there agree. should be insurance against no. that sort of thing. I was like, go for two. Please go for two. Yeah, like, lose by one or win by yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Could have covered and hit the under. It would have been perfect. Yeah, two like we said though, two phenomenal games. Uh, any other bowl games that come to mind, just like from the entire slate that need discussed? We already talked about like some of these at the beginning. I wish I would have watched Oklahoma Arizona like while it was happening. I pulled it up, watched uh, at New Year's Eve. That's kind of what uh, some of the things, <laughs> some of the things I got into to keep myself awake. Threw on some of the bull games and rewatched them. Uh, just like, you know, like 15 minutes on YouTube, like a recap of it. And yeah. that game was absolutely insanity. The I think the throw that is his name Noah Fafita makes on the on the one of the last touchdown passes um is nuts. I mean, he's like sprinting to his right at full speed and he throws a ball like 30 yards. It looks like it never gets above like chest height, and he hits oh, a guy. Yeah. It's like I think it's Raekwon McMillan, right? Uh, like thirty or forty yards downfield, and that guy never breaks stride and sprints and makes it into the end zone by it looks like three inches. Uh, it's yeah, that was awesome. That was a fourth yeah. down. That was a fourth down play too. Pull this up later if you don't know what I'm talking about. I think it was fourth down too. Multiple fourth down scores because I oh, want to say God. Oklahoma scored on a fourth down as well. I feel like that one put him up 31-24 or something like that. Does that sound right? Yeah, they won 38-24, so yeah. They yeah, might have scored that late one, again, turnover. I don't remember how that went. Yeah, turnover. I think, it was yeah. closer than 14 points, whatever it was. Yeah, that was a that was an unbelievable game. Kind of seemed like that might be the best game. Was that Holiday Bowl? That was uh, Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl, okay, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that must have been... We missed the first half because we were recording this. Um... Oh, the night before that, Louisville USC was very good. I thought the USC quarterback was just lobbing like jump balls and they were all getting caught. Like it wasn't overly impressive, but it was kind of like, I can't believe this guy just came in and threw six touchdowns. He made that kind of look easy. Um, Rutgers Miami was good. Rutgers outlasted them 31 24. Did you watch um, Missouri and Ohio State? I watched, I feel like I watched a decent amount of that. Um, didn't watch a lot of the first half, but I mean, that game just kind of sucked. Uh, Ohio obviously State's offense just Devin could not Brown got hurt. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt. Didn't even look good while he was in there. Just couldn't get going. But I mean, Missouri didn't do anything amazing either. They just scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Like those were basically all the points in the game. Uh, P- Penn State looked terrible. Not terrible, but yeah. bad. Bad. Yeah, bad. They just same old shit. I 
I can't even, honestly, I don't want to get into it too much. Uh, but I'll just throw this out there. I don't like how Franklin's kind of shtick is like, yeah, our guys, our guys play in the bowl games. We don't have opt outs. And like two years ago against Arkansas, they had a ton. And then this year they had a ton. Like Kalen King, I guess, like literally was supposed to play and must have bailed on the game in the morning. Like that does not sound like yeah, that's a, a winning culture to me. Like that is not a good look for anyone involved, I think. So the fact that he was just throwing those guys out there, obviously like two new corners, that was just a horrible, that was a horrible matchup in hindsight, trying to get those like corners to guard Ole Miss's like legit trio of receivers. Uh, the tight end. They, I, they were playing I, out of their minds for like the first the three drives. Good. And then it was just like Ole Miss was like, oh, I can just throw like back shoulders and slants. And those corners can't man up. The offense looked <laughs> incompetent. They usually come out like third quarter and usually look pretty good. I think they flashed the statistic, you know, Penn State's like outscored opponents like 115 to three in the third quarter or something insane like that. And then Penn State proceeded to come out and go three and out like on four straight drives. And that was when you pretty much knew. Uh, you know, that was not our day, but, um, yeah, offense looked inept. doesn't give me a lot of hope going into next year. I think a receiver finally caught a pass with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's it was Liam Clifford. Yeah. That's that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, just rough all around. I'm going to try not to dwell on it too much. I don't think, um, I feel like there's a, I feel like you can definitely get like a bowl game bump kind of going into the year. I think that's kind of what we got this year. Uh, coming into this year, you know, coming off the Rose Bowl win. Um, obviously, it didn't help us out. So, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, hopefully we don't get like a, you know, kind of a, like a, a negative, uh, like a negative sort of uh, bump, I, I guess, from. I feel pretty negative after watching that, I would say. that Yeah, like you said, it just was not inspiring. It doesn't make me think like without changing some pieces, I don't know how different that's going to, like, they need two receivers. And, I need two receivers. Yeah. And we have uh, Julian Fleming signed with Penn State <laughs> like five years <laughs> after the fact that anyone wanted him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't um, really I, get my jollies going, if I'm being honest. I think over the weekend, I just like texted this multiple times. I just, anyone that ever talked has ever had a conversation with Mike Yersich, please, I don't want them anywhere near <laughs> Drew Aller. <laughs> or anyone with the <laughs> offense. Let's just start from scratch. <laughs> Nothing against Mike Yersich. He's probably, it was just maybe just a bad fit or whatever, but like that did not work. That was, that sucked. That really sucked. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Um, <laughs> Georgia, Florida state. We mentioned that was, I mean, that was kind of hilariously perfect. 35 points in the second quarter. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Uh, Auburn getting the shit kicked out of him by Maryland was surprising. Didn't watch yeah, the Billy, game. Billy Turner, or whatever. Billy his name Edwards, was. <laughs> yeah, Billy Edwards. <laughs> lit it up. Yeah. Uh, actually, he must not have thrown for very many yards. He only th- I don't think he needed to. Oh shit! He was six of twenty for one hundred and twenty-six yards. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him running a touchdown though. I was watching at that point. I didn't realize he was actually getting action during the year. No, no one told me that for some reason. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't do that. Enough yeah, he had he had already ran like five or six TDs in this year, so he had some game experience. I didn't realize that. Um, I just didn't think Maryland was going to be like pounding the rock against Auburn. That just <laughs> yeah. didn't seem like. I know, and I Hugh Freeze. Uh, I mean, it's hit or miss with that guy. It was a miss on this one. Uh, 
other games down the stretch, as far as like ranked teams, Oregon beat the piss out of Liberty. That was fun for about five minutes. LSU and Wisconsin was a very good game. Uh, shout out Darren Ravel. He said the easiest bet of his life or something was the under. So that didn't go well for him. Tennessee beating Iowa by 35. Hand up. That was shocking to me. I, I did not expect Iowa to give up 35 points. Not sure what happened there. Uh, the QB play is just too bad there. Uh, just And the Tennessee quarterback was just like, I'm going to run 500 times. He must have scored yeah. on the ground three or four times. Yeah. Just, every just time I looked some, up, he's running in. Yeah. All right. Other than that, playoff games. I mean, we've already kind of touched on them. I don't Any other thoughts? We both agree. Probably the better team in both games won. Alabama's offense, pretty disappointing. Yeah, look bad. Um, just getting blown off the line. I don't think I could ever like blame a loss like specifically on a lineman or like a like I'm just gonna say the center specifically here, but it kind of felt like that guy played shitty enough that it actually cost him the game. That was the difference. That was the difference in the game. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. He could not Um, snap a ball. Yeah, I saw he's in the he's in the transfer portal. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully there's a shorter quarterback at the next school. Maybe that'll hit him in yeah. the waist. Because that was that was brutal. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't we don't really talk much trenches, but that gave me a greater appreciation for how much like how crucial of a role that plays. Because we just see so much, <laughs> yeah. so many points now, and there's just so much skill stuff, and it's you know who's receivers but match up better against like whose corners and which QB can make plays with his feet. And like, we really don't talk about like the trenches as much and Michigan's trenches, uh, specifically the defensive line are just absolute monsters. Like they are insane. Um, yeah, just a little foreshadowing, I guess, for the college football, um, national championship, uh, talk that we'll get into here shortly, but, uh, that makes me nervous. Um, as someone who's going to be rooting, obviously rooting for Washington, um, <laughs> but uh, actually heard, I heard about five minutes of Andy Staples kind of breaking down that last play, and he basically went lineman by lineman, and what he's insinuating they were supposed to do on that play, and every single guy got beat on the last play, every single guy. I mean, like, okay, that makes sense because that's kind of what it looked. It looked confusing. How many one guys guy, he ran he into? Said one guy <laughs> essentially made himself so big that he was basically taking on two Alabama offensive linemen. Um, the the defensive tackle, I guess, like which would be on like uh, their left side, supposedly kind of slipped through, and then like the most the most appalling thing of the whole thing was the guy coming off the edge literally blew up Alabama's right tackle who like kind of made the tackle essentially like the right tackle was the guy that kind of tripped up Milro because oh, okay. he got blown the Alabama's right tackle got, got blown back, got blown backwards so far. He like almost tripped up uh, Milro. So, I mean, you had someone, someone came off the left edge so fast too. He almost like, over, he almost like over pursued it. Yeah, so the play itself looked like it was supposed to go left, and it looked like Milrow never really got started because it looked like he was going like up the middle. I mean, it was a, the bad snap kind of kicked everything off. The whole thing sucked. Um, I, I think, and then Andy Staples was in the camp that 
that was not a pass option play, right? The running back looked like no. he was kind of pissed. Running back almost looked like he was expecting a ball. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I don't know because the explanation that like Nick Saban got was they came out with a play, uh, Michigan called timeout. They came out with a second play and they didn't like the, they didn't like the looks of that. So Bama called timeout. And then on the third play, they said that they just wanted to put it in the hands of their, uh, Tommy Reese, who's making the play call said he wanted to put it in the hands of their best player. So that's kind of how they came up with the QB draw. <laughs> that's before that game, even I'm not a Tommy Reese fan, just from like remembering who that guy is. He just seems like yeah. Saban kind of said, Saban kind of said in hindsight that was a shit. Like, yeah, that was a bad call or something, or that was not the right call. Yeah, um, kind of throwing his OC under the bus a little bit. Uh, like, he said his name right. He's like Tommy wanted to keep the ball in the quarterback. He like he said yeah. Tommy called yeah. the play. Yeah. That sucked. That was like a. I wanted to see that thing get into a two point off, um, so I could bitch about it. Why so couldn't he have got hit at like the one, like that? He got stacked up like oh, behind yeah. the line of scrimmage. It just was like at no point did you think that might. Work. I'm not a. I'm not a Blake Corn person at all, but he really had a sort of a heroic effort there in overtime. That was um, a bad I saw. It. Run. Did yeah. you see, did you see his carries for yards? It was absolutely perfect. This includes overtime too, for what it's worth. Even it's about with that twenty some yarder. Yes. It's probably gonna be like 4.0 or yeah, it was about 23 carries for like 80 yards. It was like 4.4 yards a pop, which is just perfect. <laughs> yeah. He had a one TD grab or two. No, just one. One Him TD and... grab. He had the he had the big fourth down conversion though, uh grab where they just decided not to cover him. Both times he went out for a pass. Alabama just decided not to cover him. They must not have thought of him as a receiving threat whatsoever. The other play that's that... almost that's almost like a hey, if he's out there, he's not a threat. Just don't even fall. Don't, just don't even fall. Yeah, that was weird. But I feel like Roman Wilson scored a similar touchdown. It was like, oh, nobody's covering him, and he was just like jogging out into the flat. Two of the they touchdown well, passes they, were like dump offs. Like it, yeah, well, they said it was cover zero, and they kind of like dragged him like the whole way across, and the guy that was supposed to be covering him just got caught up in all the shit. So it worked out perfectly. Uh, okay, what was the third touchdown pass? That McCarthy threw. Oh, that was the short one to Roman Wilson, right? That's what I thought we were talking about. He threw two no. short touchdown passes that I remember. I don't remember another one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember the other one either. I remember there was one to Corum and then there was one to Oh Roman Morris. Wilson, right? Was it like a crosser and he went up the right sideline? Yeah. Yeah, he got in. Oh, oh, and he just barely got in. Yeah, that was good a nice speed one. by that man. Yeah, yeah. The safety yeah. looked like know. he was the safety had like a holy shit moment. Like I thought I had the angle. Yeah. And speaking of holy shit moments, that man fielding that punt at the five. What the hell was that? <laughs> that was weird, dude. That was so back weird. Up, back up punt returner just muffing that punt. Told himself before that ball was kicked, I'm gonna make a play. Right. That's the only explanation. No, no. He just said, I'm just gonna catch it no matter where it lands because he went fair catch. Oh, true. He was never thinking about running with it. He was just like, I'm going to catch it. I'm just going to catch this, and then I'm going to get the fuck off this field. I haven't been out here the whole game. I'm in but no rhythm. But if he was going to catch it at the eight, like, what's the difference between... I, I don't get it. I think they want to catch it at the eight instead of, like, inside them down in it inside the five, basically, is the thought. I don't I don't like it either. I think he should have just let it bounce. It would have went in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario... They would have they downed it. They would have downed it where he got to the one. That'd be the worst case scenario. So yeah, pretty wild move. 
That was, dude, that was insane. Felt like my heart stopped when that guy was chasing after the ball and it was going to the end zone. Yeah, I was like, I kept doing things in my house and I would like walk away and pause it. And that was the only moment of the game that got spoiled. And it, somebody texted me and said, like, I knew from the moment I saw him like fielding that he was going to, like, he was going to muff it. And I'm like, holy shit, is he about to muff the ball back to Alabama? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when he got back on it and then like forced himself out to the one, I was amazed. The fact that he got fucked up like that and held on. <laughs> he got hit by a, he got hit by a semi truck and hung on to it. I know for sure. I thought he was going to fumble that ball and that was like yeah. going to be how yeah. the game ended. I was nervous because I couldn't afford another TD. Uh, I think at that point, right? Oh no, I could have afforded one more, so that would have been okay. I I was like dancing with. I needed it to stay under. I needed it to stay under oh, forty some yeah. points, and yes, I was like. <laughs> doing all the math in my head anyways yeah so all right and then washington game um i'm just gonna say the moment i picked this game i was like i think i kind of know how this is gonna go and it went basically that way it's the greatest offense in the country it's the greatest quarterback in the country and we learned the lesson the hard way seems like a lot of people are just catching on now like wow this guy throws a nice ball it's like yep I bet against them for like 20 games in a row. Yeah. Um, I ran actually before the pod, I ran over to grab some groceries and, uh, threw a, haven't thrown on the fan in months, but I did throw it on and, uh, they had Brock Heward on who's, uh, came <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, he was on as a guest on one of the shows. Um, and he was talking to Michael Penix and they were actually saying he's like relatively small, like six, two, 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 ten. Did you know that? I was going to guess like six, three. He's not thick. I guess okay. he's pretty like his okay. arms and legs look pretty like Aaron Rodgers. Basically I had him, I had him bigger than that. But anyways, um, also they mentioned he runs like a four, six Do you believe that? He, he just doesn't run anymore. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess when he yeah. runs, he looks fast. They said he's been sacked. I think 17 times in the past 26 <laughs> games or something like that, man, which is nuts. And, uh, I guess the, the whole moral of the story is they were talking Michael Penix to the Broncos uh, next year. They said he's a perf- <laughs> perfect fit for Sean Payton. So um, yes. I might be seeing more Michael Penix here soon. Um, anyways, um, my one of my takeaways from the Texas-Washington game, Snake, I kept thinking, like I kept going back to, I feel like Texas actually uh, ran the ball pretty well. Um, for sure. Yes. This was an Ohio. Right? This was the, so, this was like the Ohio state offense thing. Like, you're pounding the rock, and for some reason, we just want to chuck it. That was Texas yeah. the whole game. That was that was Texas, man, because, um, yeah, they were 180 rushing yards. They were six and a half yards a pop. I mean, to me, you keep running the ball. You keep Penix off the field. Uh, this this sounds perfect, and Sark just kind of shit his pants a little bit, and I think he had white pants on, which is never good. Never good, never good for shitting your pants. I would say very questionable coaching decisions throughout the game for Texas. I would say from the start, I was half kidding. I did fire in the group text. Sark looks like he's going to shit his pants. He looked nervous. He sounded nervous. They did weird shit. Quinn Ewers looked nervous to start with. Like they just kept calling pass plays and he did not look comfortable. He made like a few nice throws towards the end of the game. That last drive was obviously nice, but like you said, it just seemed like they were trying to force that passing offense to work. The one wide receiver was absent, basically worthy. Did he have like one good catch? Maybe. Oh, good one call. Two, 
two, two catches, 45 yards. Um, the Whittington guy had four catches for 70 yards, including that 41 yarder at the end. So he was pretty much absent. Uh, Jatavion Sanders. Oh, I didn't realize he actually had six grabs for 75 yards. Um, is, do you say Adonai Mitchell? I don't know how you actually say that, but, um, 12 targets, only four grabs for 32 yards. He had the TD grab, but yeah, they just, they just looked off. They just didn't look good. Um, it seemed like if Texas would have just kept trying to run the ball, uh, they would have done just fine. Instead, they were passing and throwing incompletions and punting it back to Michael Penix. It made no yes. sense. And I maintain the best player on the field when he was touching the ball was the, his name was blue. He was like the Texas running back. I think he might have been the second string guy. Anytime he yeah. touched the ball, he was, he was the fastest guy out there. It seemed like he was getting eight yards a pop. He fumbled that ball like inexplicably, which was a pretty big moment in the game. He was looked just, like his own guy almost knocked it out of his hands. It almost looked like nobody hit it. It was weird. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah. Um, that was another, one of my favorite coaching decisions. They took him off kick returns to put the guy with the club cast on his hand. That was insane. <laughs> watching that guy pick up a like muff a muff a kick and then have to pick it up with one hand and try and like collect himself before he got hit was crazy. Just very, just an odd, like the way they drew it up from Texas. feel like they could have put themselves in a better chance to win for sure. Agreed. Uh, 532 yards of offense for Washington. And then, Texas also had 498. I mean, they got like 50 some at the end of that game in three plays yeah. or whatever. Um, giving ball to you, you did have the deep ball tracker going for us, uh, keeping track of how many passes, like what more than 20 or 30 yards downfield were being completed. And I think he, it was a little bit lower than normal for him. I think it was about 80% that he hit. Um, just <laughs> if, dropping. if he throws a deep ball to Odunze, I swear to God, it's, there's a 95% chance Odunze <laughs> catches it. I think I'm going to go hot take on Odunze. We can just kind of transition in here into the national championship game. Um, that guy is, I, I like, I'm just trying to come up with a list of like the best receivers I've ever seen in my life. And I think he's, I think he's right there. I have like a top <laughs> three in my head and it's hard to, it's hard to say he's better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Cause Marvin Harrison Jr. Is obviously like, he is like, he's probably like a 99. His grade is a 99.9 essentially, but I feel like a Dunze is right there. And like the only other people I can think of like that were that good coming out of like oh, that I were that regarded is like, I was going to say Julio Jones. Okay. I was, and I, I was, was going to say Calvin Johnson. We're like, Maybe the two I was like, okay, these guys are like freaks. Yeah. They're otherworldly. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, who I had in mind. Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's big They're, too. He's big. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if yeah. I've ever seen him drop a pass. It's wild. I've never seen him drop a pass. Nobody how can big run is, with him. How big is? How big is he, man? It says six three two. Okay, two fifteen, two twenty. I think he's. I think he's like one of the best players. Like. The, one of the best receivers I've ever seen. I think we just listed my top five right there that I've ever seen. And I've got Roma Dunes. <laughs> that man, in. that man is impressive. Yeah. Like you said, I just, every deep ball, the way he adjusts to the ball and like, he'll be, he could be like leaning backwards. Like his, his body is angled at like essentially a 90 degree angle. And that thing will just land right in his hands and he'll grab it. And I, you're just like, what? 
how did he slow his body down and like fend off the defender like that and catch a ball in like a what felt like a eight by eight inch space and basically yes. needed to land for him to grab it. I can't believe I didn't go back. I'm going to do this after we're done here. I need to go back and watch that play. It was a meaningless play because it was a pass interference, but he goes down the left sideline and Penix drops back and he's standing in the pocket for four or five seconds and he throws the furthest ball I've ever seen. And it seems like Odunze is 80 yards down the field already. And he has to like wait for it and he gets interfered with. He is so far and the ball traveled so far and he's still waiting for it. Like I need to see it again. <laughs> um, Before I forget, you did get my tweet that I sent you about uh, Michael Penix throwing right-handed. Yeah. And it does look a lot like it's pretty normal, right? It looks somewhat normal. It looks like Lamar Jackson almost where it's like a little bit of a lower release or like a uh, Philip Rivers sort of. It's a little bit lower, <laughs> I think. Uh, but it does look much more normal. And I mean, we've probably talked about this guy ad nauseum, but I don't remember watching him on Indiana at any point and thinking, I have a lot of confidence in this guy dropping back and throwing a football. Yeah, I mean, he did throw for, I remember picking Michigan, I think, against Indiana one time. And what, what year was that? 2000? And uh, Michael Penix threw for 400 yards in that game. And I do remember thinking, like, maybe he's not that. Maybe he is good on rare occasions. But, yeah, no, I did not think he could do that consistently. Yeah. Also, one of the sneaky Michael Penix things, like, I feel like I don't know that guy at all, anything about him. Him shouting out, like, free my homie so-and-so. Did you catch that at the end in the post-game interview? That threw me off, too. I'm like, wow, Michael Penix is, like, from Florida, and he has friends in prison. I don't know why that was shocking to me, but it kind of was. Yeah, I mean, he's old enough where, like, his his boys are, like, True. in the professional he's world at 23 this, or 24, at this right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not these, – these aren't, like, college guys. These guys are – He's yeah. an adult. Yeah, it's a good They're call. doing what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. They're grinding. <laughs> okay, so – Championship game. Feel like we got the best two teams outside of Georgia. Georgia might be better than both these guys, but yeah, basically the dream matchup. Maybe even more exciting. I'd probably rather not yeah. see Georgia in there again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two Big Ten teams, essentially, which is kind of cool. Um, That's fair. As a fan of the Big Ten team. Uh, we have a line of four and a half, which feels like it makes some sense. Um, Total. I was a little surprised. Total is fifty six. It it's to me, it's still a little disrespectful. I've obviously fully converted. I know you've converted as well. I, personally, I took a hypothetical line on this game before I, yeah, the I, playoffs. I saw it. I saw it. Was it six and a half? Six and a half. Because yeah. It was like it would void the bet if if these two teams didn't make it. Right. But right. when I saw that, I was like, if Washington wins, I think like they're going to be more respected than six and a half points. And sure enough, it worked out. So it's like four and a half now. Okay. I think there was it start, opened at five or something maybe. But I, I, I love how that was your train of thought because I, I went the opposite way with that. I was like, oh, it's six and a half now. If Michigan beats Alabama, everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, Michigan's legit. So I might get that extra half a point so I could get that thing to seven. That's That was where my brain was. But um sounds like you were all over it. 
Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about it then. Paths to victory. Washington's path's pretty obvious. Like if if they can go shootout, if they can turn it into a shootout, we know. Yeah. Michigan's not gonna be able to throw the ball around. Like Washington can throw the ball Correct. around. So if Michigan Correct. tries to engage in that, I think this is gonna go pretty favorable for Washington. Big variable there though. Michigan probably won't have to do that. I know you've you've stated some concerns about Michigan pounding the rock. I'm I'm very concerned about Michigan pounding the rock. Um so they ran it what 34 or 35 straight times against Penn State in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Um they bled the clock. It felt like they were like literally pulling off our toenails there one at a time but waiting like 15 minutes in between each one to do so. And I I worry about I have less concerns about Washington being soft because I think we thought they were soft. And I think that's why we thought that Oregon uh, would be able to like dominate them in the trenches, run the ball, be able to uh, be able to kind of stop them uh, running the ball as well. Uh, We found that out to be false twice. Basically Um, Oregon tried to go shoot out route with them as well, I guess though too. So we'll never know. Um, But to me, I'm a little bit worried about, Jim Harbaugh just saying, hey, guys, we're going to hand the ball off 60 times in a row again. I have no interest in winning pretty. <laughs> yeah. I just want to win this game. I ha- I am picking between the Chargers job and the yeah. Las Vegas TS, Raiders job my last week. Game. Yeah. And let's win this game so I can sail off into the sunset. Everyone will be happy with me. Um, yeah, call, the big, me, the call, big... me, call me Cheat Carroll. I'm on my way out, boys. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck with the sanctions. The big question is if if somehow Washington can get this thing to where they're up 10 or 14 points, is will Jim Harbaugh cave? That's a big if, but I'm afraid as well, like you're saying. It does seem like the Jim Harbaugh route would be like, we're more disciplined than this. Correct. Like, he's, the so, he's, the, he's the lone like sociopath on this on this earth. He could be down 20 points and pounding the rock for five yards. Yeah. Pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Yep. He'll still be establishing the run basically. So, uh, that does make me a little bit worried. Um, I, I think if my life was on the line, I I think Michigan wins this game. I think they're because of that reason. I think they're better in the trenches. I think if they can get Washington into some, uh, third and long situations at some point, uh, and keep and run the ball and keep Michael Penix off the field. That seems like the recipe. Like I feel like Michigan should should win this game or very well. To me, will most likely win this game. Um, that being said, you and I we're uh, intuitively yeah, um, got in on some futures for Washington when the playoff before the playoff committee. Oh no, no, it was right after the four teams were announced. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, after. Washington was inappropriately listed at plus 900 on fanatic Sportsbook. we're calling you out um they were listed at less like 850 on espn bet um which I... makes no sense in my brain because <laughs> no sense they yeah. win against texas it's like now you're talking they're what they're plus 160 to win yeah plus let me see might even be less than that. I mean, plus so one sixty five is the best thing you can get. There's okay. Some books are like plus one fifty. Okay, so we're talking if they can just eke out one win. Now I've got a bet that's nine to one, and 
or I'm holding a ticket that's nine to one, and it's basically what whatever you just said. Uh, it's a well, it should be plus one fifty, and it's nine to one. Two to one. Right, yeah. less than two to one. So uh, you and I both loaded up. I was using uh, bonus bonus bets, uh, boosts, everything you can imagine for the past like two weeks, just waiting for this moment. So um, here we are. I think we both have a, <laughs> at least a few units in um, to win about uh, twenty five, uh, at least on my end. I think you're about the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we can, we're both gonna, gonna make like 250 bucks if Washington correct. wins. Yes. Correct. Correct. So I'll throw this out here. Um, this is my betting tidbit. Do you feel like you're watching the we'll 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 go like we'll go back in time here to where we were Washington Husky haters? We're betting against Michael Penix. Did it not feel like every single game that you were taking Washington, they were immediately getting out to a lead and you were like, oh, wow, not only does my team have to cover 14 points, now they have to cover 21. Do you know what I mean? It's a great uh, call. Old, and you brought this up. I think you yeah. brought this up on the Matt Man podcast and you warned him. This is how uh, this I goes. Did warn, I did warn somebody. Uh, I think it was Wheelman. I had to oh, warn. Oh, it was Wheelman. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... and you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened with Texas. They race down the field so fast. And yep. it's like that first time you hit that 20 yard, like post route, it's almost like the defenders are gas. Like the DBs are like, Holy shit. That guy came across my face pretty fast there. That ball was on the money. And then it's like, before you can blink, I'm challenging you again. And it's just like yep. down the field as fast as you can go. Yep. And it feels like particularly early on in the game, they really thrive. So to me, I, uh, so, you know, back to my betting nugget here, moral of the story. Wash, I looked back and I tried to see how many times did Washington actually race out to a 7-0 lead? Because it feels like they do it every game. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, last five games, they have scored first. Um, probably so, on first possession too, in most of them. Probably those. on first possession. So to me... Um, my betting nugget would be and how I kind of might hedge this game is if you like Michigan, maybe give it one drive Uh, because if Washington, if Washington gets the ball first, history tells us they drive down the field here and score. And that line probably moves a little bit. Um, What if Michigan gets the, ball? maybe even, maybe even, no, that makes me, makes me nervous, but, History tells me Washington's going to get a stop, get the ball back, and go down and score. So, um, you know, my gut kind of says here: if you like Michigan, maybe give it, maybe give it two or three drives, and you might get a number that you like a little bit better. Because to me, uh, if you're on the Michigan side, four and a half is obviously a garbage number. Two and a half is a great number, though. So, um, maybe get, maybe just give it a few drives. If you're a Washington fan, uh, maybe don't wait. Uh, maybe, maybe get in. Get there. in. Um, yeah. Personally, personally, uh, looking to hedge uh, probably a couple units so I can, um, you know, be playing with house money. Essentially, I'll probably try and jump in once when Washington goes up seven zero. Just remember me. That's probably just the, think of that's probably the smart me. way to do it. I'm in a weird spot because I have this side bet with cousin Chris from earlier in the season where I said I think either Michigan or Georgia will win and win it all, and I don't, I'm really not afraid of the field, so he took the field. If Michigan wins, he owes me 100 bucks, so I kind of already have a hedge in place. Actually, technically, oh. he owes me 
a hundred dollar future on next season, which in my brain that's just a hundred bucks. But we agreed like whoever wins this bet would have to place it on a future for the following okay, year. Okay. Okay. So I gotta okay. start checking the board for next year, but in my head, that hedge is already in place. I could just throw like fifty bucks on Michigan if Washington gets out in front, like you're saying. Maybe I'll do that, but I really want to ride with the Huskies here. And I actually believe yeah, in them too. too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I just like I feel like I keep doubting them. I doubted them a little bit before the kick, and I think I even got a text from you that was kind of like, Would it be insane if Texas just dominate these guys like it or you basically said it would not be insane if texas just dominates oh, yeah. these guys. i didn't see a world um, where washington won by 50 but i could see texas winning by 50 right and right, then in the right. michigan alabama game i didn't think either team could win by 30 points or what i thought that yeah. would be tight that other texas washington i think the topic of conversation was about some promo that somebody was like or like odds boost or so-and-so's pick was it a was it a Stanford Steve? Might have been. It was uh, Stanford Steve and Ryan Rosillo. I think both had one. So it was like that. It was like these games, the spreads will be within, or the final scores will be within this many points, maybe. Or... Oh, 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 yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I think that's why we were talking about it. Was like, how would this bet lose? And it was basically the line teased by like 15 points. Yeah, so I think it was Alabama plus seven and a half, and then Washington plus ten and a half. I think were the two lines. Yes, and it was like so it hit. It did hit. Yeah, it was correct. Barely though. Oh, true. Technically, barely. Yeah, barely. yeah. Um. Yeah, I and the only other thing I want to add on, if you're a Michigan backer, it does feel like there's some element of this is a team of destiny. Like yeah, they won. Yeah six games without their coach, three games that were absolutely gigantic. Like they be, they freaking beat Ohio state without their coach. Pretty wild in hindsight, um, on the road too. Right. That was in Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like they've come this far. It doesn't feel like they're going to lose now. So that part scares me too. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I also think that Washington seems to be the, the, the team of, 2023 though um and it seems like everybody's kind of rooting for him so i don't know if that's worth anything but um they also kind of feel like a team of destiny a little bit um to me as well Two teams so, of destiny then the undefeated yeah. season is wild i mean the win total was nine and a half so we're sitting here at 14 just missed it <laughs> just missed it yeah um all right that's pretty much it what about if you were to play a total 56 and a half is high could you talk yourself into seeing 60 points in this game? No, uh, I can't. I don't think so either. I, mean, I think even if possible, doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Even if Washington wins in their shootout form, Michigan's not going to give up 40 or something like, yeah, I hate, I hate to say it, but this feels low scoring and Michigan wins by like 10 points, something like that. Yeah. Like 24, I hate to say 24, 14, but it's yeah, like, like, it's like almost offensive. Um, but Georgia maybe I'll Bulldog say reverse jinx, reverse jinx. Yeah. 20, 24, 14. That's my, that's my <laughs> prediction. 14 would be very disappointing. Uh, need Roma Dunze to get, 
get behind some defenders in this one. Yeah, let's just. Um, that. we did talk. We did talk prop prop bets. Can we pull it up actually real quick? I'd like to guess. We can start by guessing Real Madunze's number uh, here for receiving yards. Um, yeah, let me pull up some props here. So Roma Dunze has two props. He has oh re- technically just one prop because it's receiving yards and alt receiving yards. So I'm just going to give you okay. What do you think his total number of receiving yards are? I know what it was last game, so that kind of helps me a little bit. I'm guessing it's less than that for this one though. I'll say it's around. I'll say it's low 80s, 83. Okay, you're not going to like this number then. It's 94 and a half. Okay, well wow, that's. No, I mean, I think I like it. Um, I know it was, I think it was 97 last game. I just thought it'd be a little bit lower. He did go for what, 130? Um, I meant to, once I saw his number was 97, I meant to shoot you a text and just say, hey, can you help me out with that? But I uh, I forgot. Uh, totally. That feels like a stay away to me. There's Those other two guys are so good. He mm. definitely catches one bomb for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's <laughs> half of it. He just basically needs just a couple more grabs after that. Yeah. Ah. Um, what do you think Roman Wilson's receiving yards are? I don't know. I thought he was more of a like player in the receiving game, but it didn't really feel like it. His is probably like forties or fifties. Yeah. Good call. 44 and a half. How about Roman Wilson's snags? Now this to me is intriguing. If it's, if it's less than you're going to tell me it's three and a half and I'd like, I'd like in on that. <laughs> yes. And it's plus odds at three and a half. Oh God! Yeah, what are we missing? I don't know. Plus one sixteen to have four catches. Oh man! I although I can't that t- that tight end could be the guy if they just keep wanting to dump it down to that tight end. What's his name? Loveland. I need a I need a Blake Corum carries. Is that a is that a, is there a number for that? Because if it's less than thirty, even low thirties, I just have to go over there. And no then just carries. Risk- that's Kim getting injured. There's rushing yards and it's a big number. Uh, 120, 105 and a half. Dang, that's a lot. Uh, I think he'll get there though. Cause if he carries the ball 35 times and he averages his, his normal, like three and a half yards to carry, do the math there adds up pretty quickly. 105. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, let's get into the Penix props. Okay, great. Michael Penick. So we have passing touchdowns and yards. You don't get like a full blown slate of props in college. I guess they might come. There might be more of them coming out. I could also look so, at different books, but 56. I mean, 56 is implying there's going to be eight touchdowns for a total. So they're assuming Washington's going to get three and a half of those. So it must be two and a half, but it must be like minus minus one forty or something like that. No, it's, over one and a half, but it's minus. It's basically minus one sixty for him to throw two touchdowns. Ooh, that is appealing. See, I'd like to get two if I could. If I could find a two somewhere. It that'd just be great. sucks taking like a minus one sixty bet. Can you get an alt? Can you get an alt TDs? Two plus. You can. Now this is this is where you get screwed. Over one and a half is minus one fifty eight. Two plus is minus one sixty two. Why that number isn't the same as BS. Three plus touchdowns is plus 205. Three might be asking a lot. Four Two plus, 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 guess, four plus passing TDs, sense. six to one. And what was three plus? T- plus 205. 
Dang, that's such a dude. That is such a crazy number, man. Like that is so appealing. Too juicy. That tells too juicy. you. That tells you they don't think. No, they Washington don't think he's going to boat race. Yeah, you're right. Right. Um, All right, but I do the passing yards though. How many passing yards do you think? <laughs> they better start with a three. <laughs> Not going to say either way. All right, fine. Two ninety-five. <laughs> Good guess. Two ninety-two and a half. Dang. Um. Yeah, I know where I'm going with that. Um, I'm just gonna need you to throw that. Uh, do an SGP for me. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I can like hit three or four legs and just lose everything. Uh, I need to check the one other thing I wanted to look at was Odunze to score because if that's anywhere near a coin flip, I want a lot of that. So like anytime yeah, TD, call. I see first touchdown scores. Is Blake Corum like minus like 220 to score? I thought I saw this thing. Oh, here we go. TD scores. Blake Corum is minus 340 to score. Okay. I figured it was insane. Um, you want to know what's insane? The third favorite to score is the guy that was writhing on the field in pain. Dylan Johnson minus 130. <laughs> yeah. That's not fair. Odunze is minus 135. It's still pretty attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as those other guys, McMillan is plus one seventy, and Polk is plus two ten. Ooh, I like I like Polk there a lot. I don't know how many grabs he has, but um, or how many TD grabs he has, but it sure seems like he has multiple big grabs a game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he scored last game, right? Uh, how about um, or maybe maybe not. McMillan definitely scored. Michigan defense looks like a flyer to me. Michigan defense to score is plus 460. We'll strip sack, pick it up and run. Um, and then I'll just tell you to score two plus touchdowns. We've got some four to ones on the board here. Uh, Rogers Johnson and Odunze of Washington are all four to one to score twice. And to score twice, Blake Corum is plus 120. So they're almost expecting Blake Corum to score twice. Yeah, it does feel like that, unfortunately. So uh, Donovan Edwards, makes... 11 to 1. He must just not get the ball down there. He just doesn't get the ball at all. They just don't do a lot use of action. Him. Yeah, in that last no, one. No, they just don't use him. It's weird. Um, yeah, I can look through the specials here, but that's pretty much all the fun stuff I see. Is there like a uh, Michigan to win in the trenches prop bet? Or is that just like the money? Is that just the game, like the money <laughs> lines? <laughs> yeah, I don't see anything. I don't see a ton of specials, to be honest. But uh, here's your coin. Here's your two coin flip type specials. Each team to score one pass TD and one rush TD is plus 100. Michigan to score in each quarter. That seems like that's asking a lot. Is plus one hundred five? Ooh, it doesn't really feel like it though. You don't think I could kick a field goal each quarter? Oh, I was thinking touchdown. I wasn't even thinking field goal. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, each team to score one pass TD and one rush TD in each half, plus thirty six hundred. So if you think it's a shootout, I think that's your bet to place right there. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the flyer of all flyers. I don't like that. I hope, I mean, I, I hope that's what happens, but that <laughs> does not feel, that does not feel <laughs> right to me. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's pretty much preview of the game. Then go dogs, go Huskies. We, uh, going to go NFL here real quick. Yeah. Uh, real, I gotta, do you have any sort I of gotta, like playoff education you can give me or no? Uh, like um, who who's, who can get in? And I, how? I heard yeah. today that the Bills could still get left out, which stunned okay. me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna throw it out there. I gotta get this off my chest. Basically, what I'm reading, they have like a 93 percent chance to get in, which to me seems a little fishy because you have they need. If they win, they're in. If they if they win, they're in. Uh, Favored they by lose, three points, so their money line is probably minus two hundred or something. Not even correct. Um, the two games that they need, if they lose, they need one of two games, uh, one of two teams to lose. Basically, uh, the teams they need to lose are the Steelers, who we know are playing the Ravens, and the Ravens are probably going to sit some guys because they've already clinched the one seed. They don't have anything to play for, so they're a four point favorite. The other game is uh, Jacksonville with presumptively with Trevor Lawrence back playing at Tennessee, um, three and a half point favorite. So they would need one of those games to lose. To me, I don't know. That doesn't seem, that seems like Steelers and Jaguars take care of business. So now you got Buffalo basically needing to win on Sunday night in Miami for their playoff lives. That makes me nervous. Um, no, I, I feel think like you're giving too much credit. Games. I think you're giving too much credit to the Steelers, aren't you? Oh no, the Steelers yeah, probably, are favored by probably. three and a half points. Correct. Oh, I'm Lamar's not, Lamar's not playing. Um, that matters that much. Yeah, it's like a ten um, point swing. I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of people not playing. It feels like Baltimore keeps that game close, but I don't know. Hopefully, I'm wrong. But uh, basically, more of the story here. This is a um, Taylor Guthrie. Um, hedge, uh, emotional hedge. I just threw a little bit of, I just threw a little bit down on the bills not to make the playoffs. It's <laughs> plus 450. Um, I'll scoop up 10. I, let's just say I put enough in. I'll scoop up 10 units if they don't make the playoffs. That's good enough to me. That's good enough for me. <laughs> so when, when shit hits the fan, Steelers win, Jaguars win, and then the bills lose. Um, just know that I'll be sitting sitting pretty over here with uh, 10 extra units in my pocket. Wow. Emotional hedge. I still have not done it. Um, maybe I should do it. I like the Bills' chances in this game a lot. Primetime Sunday night. I feel like Dolphins always shit the bed primetime. They are 7-1 and one at home, but it just feels like the Dolphins are falling apart, man. I know the Bills must be falling apart too, but. I don't know. The defense is... I could see Buffalo scoring like 45 points, just like the Ravens did. Did not look good. Also, um, kind of need to understand what are the implications of winning the AFC East, and then what are the implications of just being oh, so 11, that's the and, 11 and 6? Uh, that's the craziest part, um, is if the Bills win the game, they're the two seed in the AFC, okay? Uh, just behind the Ravens. If they lose, like they could be out, which is like maybe the craziest thing I ever heard. Like they go, they're either they're either the two or the nine seed. Like there's not really a lot of scenarios where they end up in between. Obviously, unless the Steelers or Jags lose, 
that just goes to show you what a weird year it was. They beat all the good teams. They lost all the shitty teams. It makes no sense. Uh, they put themselves in this position. If they lose, I mean, I don't know. I guess, yeah, they got what they deserved. Um, Any I'm, other games coming down to like, yeah, on yeah. NFC side or something? Um, yeah, so obviously Steelers need to win to get in. Houston and Indianapolis, uh, the winner gets in, uh, which is pretty cool. Indy is catching points in that game at home. That just seems wrong to me. Um, Jeff Saturday is going to be there. I can feel it. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I have a strong How lean the hell there. does that work? What kind of records do those teams have that they're going to get in in front of the Bills? Uh, they'd get to 10 and 7, and then they have the tiebreaker over the Bills if the Bills lose um, because their AF, their conference records are better, basically. Okay. Um, the Bills didn't then, play either of those chumps? Nope. And then um, Cleveland and Cincinnati are play, playing uh, meaningless games. Cincinnati's out. Cleveland's in. Uh, they're in as the five seed, so they're in as like the top wild card team. Okay, uh, this, is, Bank, this is my welcome back to the NFL moment. I had no idea the Browns have 11 wins under their belt. Yep, yep, with Flacco. <laughs> yeah, pretty nuts. Um, Tampa Bay um, and uh, Carolina are playing each other. Tampa Bay's in with a win. Uh, Jets in New England, that's obviously just kind of a throwaway game there. Um, I will say that New England is just a slight favorite there, minus one and a half. I feel like New England's really turned things around. If they didn't turn the ball over, like fluky, like whatever, four times there in the first quarter against the Bills, they win that game. They might win that game by double digits. So I really like uh, New England there at home to win that. Uh, Belichick's, you know, that's Belichick's throwing a Hail Mary here. He needs a win. Uh, to kind of uh, oh, Belichick's you know, out, right? Fresh out. I think yeah, maybe. So. Um, Minnesota, Detroit. Minnesota is not mathematically eliminated somehow at seven and nine. I don't know how that's possible. Uh, they can get, they can win and get in. They need a couple. Uh, they need a couple other teams to lose. Some of these uh, NFC South teams are kind of all like bundled together, I believe. Uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee. We already talked about that. Atlanta and New Orleans are playing. I think the winner. Uh, I think if New Orleans wins, they're in. I think if Atlanta wins, they need some help, but they can also get in at seven and nine. Again, insane. Uh, Dallas, Washington. I don't think there's much there. Oh, so all the NFC South is pretty average. Seven and nine, eight. And yeah, eight, they're eight, they're eight. all very bad. Yeah. Um, Kansas City, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. That's kind of meaningless. Chargers three and a half point favorite against the Chiefs. That seems weird. I think I'd even like the Chiefs backups there. Um, Denver <laughs> is playing the Raiders. God, that's a great game. Um, nothing nothing there. No, both those teams are out. The Rams are playing the 49ers. I think Rams. Oh, stakes, correct? I don't know if Rams are I don't know if Rams are in or not. Um, I presume if they win, they're definitely in. Um, they might already be in. I'm not positive there. Uh, Philly's in a free fall. They're playing the Giants. They're cut. They are oh, uh, five and a half. I have favorite. Rams already clinched playoffs. Okay, so they're in. Okay, that uh, obviously 49ers are in as well. I think they're the one seed, so uh, they're not going to be playing anybody. They're still a four point favorite. So uh, Chicago, Green Bay is a big one. I guess Green Bay's in with a win, I believe. And uh, Chicago is not mathematically eliminated, from what I understand. They have to win and have like four teams lose, but they could still get in, I believe, which is insane. Um, I think eliminated. Oh, they are out? Not oh, I, on this chart I'm looking at. I think they got booted. 
Oh, okay, dang. I thought I saw something where they were still I got the Falcons at 11%, Saints at 24%. Okay, I uh, made that up. Seahawks uh, at 27%. Yeah, so Seahawks need a win. They're playing Arizona. They're a three-point favorite. Arizona's been playing well recently, from what I understand. And then uh, Buffalo-Miami. Of course, the Sunday night game, we knew it was going to happen to decide the AFC East. Right now, that line is two and a half. Um, Did you, you know can get that? get a solid three on BetMGM, so... Okay, sorry to derail, but did you know that the Bears locked down the number one pick? Correct. Yeah, they have the Panthers um, pick, and Panthers are the worst team. So, and the Bears are holding their own pick, which should be pretty good as well. Yeah, I heard there's a lot of talk about them kicking Justin Fields out after this year and drafting Caleb Williams. With so draft him at one. Yeah. Yeah. It still, still seems reasonable, like a could happen type of thing. Like they might actually. I think I heard they might deal him because I think he's still on his rookie deal, right? So, um, might just take like, hey, we'll just take like a third round pick, and then we're going to take Caleb Williams. Yeah, start from scratch. Hmm. Caleb Williams, Roma Dunze, probably can't get Harrison if they're not picking second. But, um, man, that's exciting. Like if you're a Bears fan and you bring in new quarterback, new star receiver, like that, sign me up. I feel like that shit never happens. Uh, all right. So basically, next week uh, we'll have a playoff uh, kind of seating established. We'll have to pretend like we know what we we're doing. Pick all these games. Um, yeah. Oh, and we still didn't manage to do the bet MGM thing. We'll do that next week once all the playoff seats are locked in. Okay, bet MGM. I think that's why some of these are like a million to one or plus one million essentially. So it's like ten thousand to so one. So they're all right? Super Bowl or at least playoff related. Yeah. Like it would be like Vikings over Steelers, like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, they're both mathematically alive. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay, I think I know what you're saying. Is there any chance I can pull these things up now? Uh, the king of sports books. I almost never even opened this book up. They they hand out a lot of boosts. Honestly, I was like kind of over that over that book in general. But I feel like it's I feel like it's actually relatively. I stole good. a lot of money from them just in the form of like deposit matches. They just would send it to me like every other week, and I yeah. would make a match it, and then I would just bet the money through once and I would just spread it on a bunch of different picks. And then I would just pull it back out. Like it just kept giving me free money. Uh, I'm looking at the NFL and I don't immediately know where the hell you found these long shots. This should be uh, under futures or oh, something. Futures outright winner. I see one hundred thousand to one Rams first Falcons Super Bowl. Rams versus Falcons. They're not. The, they're not even the same. They're not in different conferences. How would that happen? Or they're in. Di- they're in the same conference. Sorry, How Ravens. Ravens Falcons. My bad. Okay. Okay. God. I see a two hundo. Looked like Bills Falcons. Yeah, two hundred thousand to one Bills Falcons. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I was looking at some of the Browns ones. Like I'll probably try and sneak this, one. Of them this one's a million. Texans Vikings. Tell me who the dude. The Browns are on a roll. Tell me who they lose to. 
why are they putting these out there as a million to one? And how many know, dollars never, am I allowed to bet? Well, it's not a million to one. It's 10,000 to one, I think, but it's plus a million, which I've never seen. I've never, they have to make the font smaller. So it fits in the oh, box. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't see the plus sign. <laughs> yeah. Like I alluded to earlier, this is the Kevin Malone thing. If someone ever offers you, you know, 10,000 10, to one, you always take it. You have to take it. Throw so, $2 on that. Yeah. Just in case the Falcons find a way. Uh oh yeah, there's exact outcomes. So there's a bunch of plus one millions in there. Um, it pretty much all involved the Falcons. That's the trouble here because Vikings, yeah, Falcons, Vikings, <laughs> uh, Steelers. Yeah, would you be? In, would, do you think it's insane for the Steelers to sneak in? I don't. Not the Steelers, no. They make a run. The Falcons, I do think, is legitimately insane. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Taylor Haneke is our QB. <laughs> True. I could see us getting a lot of that. Now, this I don't think is... It's asking a lot of the Colts, but like Saints. Saints beat Colts. Plus a million. And and we've seen that before in our lifetime, so... Saints beat Steelers. I like that one. That's plus a million. <laughs> plus a million. <laughs> All right, let's take a look off the pod and pick out a couple of these for sure. Um, and if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. So let's do the text line. Uh, we have at least uh, we have probably time for one, right? So text line, a question for the garbage boys. I'm watching game day last Saturday morning. It occurred to me that Joey Galloway has a pretty punchable face and a punchable personality in general. Who are some other people in the game of football you wouldn't mind punching in the face? Signed, Mark Madden. Okay. Um, I had a I'll couple... throw out Mark Madden. <laughs> Mark Madden would be a good one, honestly. Uh, maybe that's what they had in mind when they signed it. I had a few written down, but I'll just I'll give you like two of my favorites. Um, I'm going to start with Nick Sirianni. Uh, this is a guy I probably should actually be a fan of. Uh, he grew up, what, 20 miles away from where we grew up, and he's the coach of an NFL team. Uh, but he, I think he does not conduct himself like he's the coach of an NFL team. The more I see that guy, the more my desire grows to see somebody punch him in the face. Uh, super cocky, super smug, always kind of has that facial expression on his face, like I'm the smartest guy in the room and look at all these other idiots. If you go to his Wikipedia page, he has the most perfect Nick Sirianni photo on his wiki. It's he's making the absolute perfect expression. I would not mind seeing that guy get punched in the face. <laughs> All right, who do you have? That's a man. That's a good one. Um, geez, I was going to go college football world. Um, so one that's really underrated, which we really haven't talked about a lot. I don't know his name. It's the SMU running back. Uh, that was playing in the bowl game that was going yes. uh, with the Spin crazy <laughs> eye black. Um, he's got the shirt tucked up. He's got all the bands. He's got just too much going on um, entirely. It's kind of like the robot thing, like or like a little bit too monkey see monkey do for me, where he's just basically thinks he's doing all the cool things. I don't know what that guy's name is, but I definitely wanted to punch him in the face when I was watching that game. <laughs> Um, I was just 
I feel like I need to throw out some coaches in general too. Um, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, I'd punch that guy in the face. <laughs> you uh, don't like him, yeah. No questions asked. Uh, it's not fair for me to not uh, for me to leave out Jim Harbaugh. That guy needs punched in the face. Uh, I think we mentioned Tommy Reese. He looks like he needs punched in the face. Yes, I I'll feel like he on. calls his mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I had Gojo Gojo down here. Mike Golick Jr. Never forgive. Never forget. Uh my Michael Golick Jr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the man the man tweeted or the man liked a tweet while calling a game on a weekday ESPN broadcast, making fun of himself. Uh, I think that guy brings zero juice to the table. I think that guy gets on Twitter and I think he says what is like kind of the young audience discussing today, and then he does like a five minute segment on it on ESPN. I think he's pretty cringe. Um and then my sneaky one. I have no idea what your take on this guy is. I never had a take on this guy until maybe a week and a half ago. I got recommended his Spotify podcast. Joel Klatt kind of. Oh my God. I can't believe you said it. Yeah, that's, I got Joel Klatt as well. <laughs> no way. dude. I can't believe you said Joel Klatt. I yeah, was so yeah. indifferent on Joel Klatt my entire Whoa, life. That was weird. I don't like that at all. I just had <laughs> jotted down here. Joel Klatt kind of sucks. Like that guy, I was going to say he doesn't need, I don't need to punch him in the face. I think I just need to slap him in the face and just say, Hey, you don't suck, but like you're getting very close. And like, I used to like you, like even before this year started, I was like, I think Joel Klatt's kind of cool. No, he should, not be, at all. he should be cool. Yeah. Like he played, he liked his he own played voice it. way too much. He what? He likes his own voice way, way too 100% much. hundred percent agree. I did about 30 minutes of the podcast and it was basically a dissertation on it was it was very disappointing. Here's how dumb the NCAA is and here's all of the things wrong with college football. I think he was speaking on the Texas quarterback having to transfer. He's basically like the NCAA made that kid transfer. They have these asinine timelines in place. He sat there and complained about it the whole time. He never offered like any sort of solution. He's basically just bitching. He's like yelling at clouds because the transfer portal and like the recruiting signing day exist. And he's, he's like weirdly upset that there's a month between conference championships and the playoff games. Those were his big things. He never offered like how to fix those. Like, I just feel like he's one of those big pile on guys. It's like NCAA did something. They suck. Like they're the worst at everything i could fix this sport like yeah yeah um i have a conspiracy theory i'm gonna throw out next week do not remind me to tie joel clatt into it uh just more evidence for it thank you thank you for doing that um okay. yeah i'm with you i had joel I had joel clatt down as, as well very weird had no opinion on him until like the past like, he overdoes he overdoes that hat too with the roses on it he wears that constantly and it's weird and he kind of, uh, he's, so he's on the morning, he's on the fan morning show, uh, every like Thursday or something. So I have to hear him talk. And I noticed like, as the season got on, how much more annoying he would get. Uh, sometimes he'd be talking so much snake that like the, the one guy would be trying to tell him like, Hey, we got like, you have to stop talking. You've been talking for 10 minutes and like, we have to go to a commercial break. Kind of. Thing. So he'd, be like, Joel, he'd be like, Joel, Joel, uh, Joel, Joel. And then like, he'd be like rehashing like some drive he had in like 1993 against uh, you know, when he played it for the buffs and they drove down the field against Nebraska or something and you know, <laughs> kicked a field goal or something. I mean, like 
dude it's yeah he's he's kind of rough um it's like you, said, you don't suck but you're kind of starting to suck yes, i need less yeah. of joel clap yeah for sure and i think i'm just gonna throw it out there hot take i feel like there's something medically wrong with <laughs> gus johnson because he doesn't seem like he's calling the game anymore it almost looks like he's like it's like he's like in the it's like he's getting food from like a buffet like <laughs> in the room and he's just kind of peeking up or peeking down at the game at times a lot of a lot like, of silence and then just a like lot, a lot of <laughs> yeah. silence and a, not a lot of info it'll be like <laughs> in the pot like i listened to him call like this blocked punt and he didn't realize it was blocked until like he started looking at like where it landed <laughs> and it was like and it lands at the 38 yard line and I think it was blocked. And it's like, yeah, we all knew that five yeah. seconds ago. I guess I've been. Yes. Good call. I ca- should have kind of seen this coming with the Joel Klatt thing. Cause if you were watching the Colorado broadcast at the beginning of the year, those guys were getting to the point where it was like, I almost have to mute them to watch yeah. that one. Yeah. They're bad. Um, and if, if we're going to talk like um, guys that need punch in the face uh, with a podcast, uh, our guy, Josh Pate, that guy's the worst. Is that his name? Josh Pate? <laughs> yeah. 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 Josh Pate. That guy's the worst. Um, yeah, he's the worst. I suspected guy, he was a guy, tool for years. And then it, yeah. was, it wasn't until I found that video of him hitting a softball like 500 feet. <laughs> <laughs> like pimping it. Yeah. Uh, that guy, Josh Pate, forces me to have to listen to Andy Staples pod. That's where I'm at, unfortunately. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, good list. Yeah. So uh, if you're out there listening, you can get in on the text line fun. Trav, throw them the number. We want to see more action. 4242 uh, 4291.56. Uh, send us, send us uh, all, all your great stuff, your game balls, the dumbest thing you saw. Um, send us your favorite bowl, uh, your favorite bowl games. Uh, send us uh, your bet MGM long shots, please. Uh, oh, at please. least somebody get it on that for for my satisfaction. I just need to be like rooting for uh, you know a Vikings <laughs> uh, Jaguar Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, um, send us those. Um, I think that's uh, I don't, I don't have pretty much else. it. Yeah, we had to cover a lot of makeup ground, a lot of stuff in the storage bank. So um, next week should hopefully be a little more organized. Gonna need to get some NFL expertise on here at some point yeah yeah might have um, to- if you're an NFL expert please hit up the text line and let us know we're looking for somebody to talk shop uh we're jumping in here late uh you know we just uh we we're um we're gonna be experts here in like a week or two but right now we're we're just <laughs> we're still brushing up <laughs> yeah still brushing up we're cramming for the final that, that's a perfect way to put it we're cramming for the final uh we're jumping in late that's episode 63. Um, welcome back to your regular scheduled programming. We will be back here again next week for episode 64 with some playoff takes. So we will talk to you all then. Sounds good. What a good place to be. Don't believe that. Just speak a different language and it's never a reality. Don't believe that.